listening to Season 3, Episode 19. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. I am Therese, I run a business called Small Business Collaborative where I help business owners grow their wholesale. On today's podcast, I am speaking with Lucy, who's the owner of Acon and Pip. Acon and Pip is a kids store and cafe with a play area in Yorkshire. I came across Acon and Pip thanks to Chantal at The Wild and the Tame, who makes beautiful baby products. We were talking about how difficult it is to find dolls representative of different skin colours. And because of this, Chantal recommended Acon and Pip and shared her Instagram profile with me. And um, it's such a lovely looking shop. Obviously, I haven't had the pleasure to be go there but their feed is beautiful and their range of products are beautiful everything is very thoughtfully created curated and you can tell that lucy does really try to offer a diverse range for her customers in every aspect so boy and girl dolls and and books about feminism and mindfulness and lots of different things it's a wonderful business so if you have a moment go and have a look at their website i hope more retailers will start thinking like lucy and try to source more diverse products also from more uh, more of a diverse range of suppliers but i also know that we need to change it even further down the supply chain like than that because we also need more suppliers to actually sell those diverse ranges here in the UK for the shops to stock. So I think we all play our part in making the whole industry more diverse. And I would love to hear if you know of any brand that you would recommend or seen any products that you would recommend and maybe that's someone I can invite to the podcast. Lucy and I talk about COVID-19, about running a business with three children, one that only arrived during lockdown, and opening up shop again, about buying and sourcing and lots of other things. I really hope that you will enjoy this episode. Remember to tag me and show me where you're listening. I'm at small underscore business underscore collaborative. Trying to juggle a newborn, two more children, a business opening up again and online orders with a warehouse is not an easy task. So we recorded this on a Friday afternoon so you can hear Lucy's children in the background. I think that is the new normal, working with your family around. So I'm sure lots of us have heard a friend or maybe even a family member who has had their children in their Zoom meetings with them. And I think that is just lovely and it just brings another human element into our lives, I think. Makes things more real and more authentic. Thank you so much for listening and here's my chat with Lucy. Hello Lucy, thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. It would be great if you could start off by introducing yourself. Yeah, I'm Lucy. I own Acorn and Pip. 
which is um, a family lifestyle um, and kids concept store. Um, we're based in West Yorkshire, but um, we are online as well. So we are nationwide as well. Yeah, and I bet that has been good now when we haven't been able to visit shops. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely at the start we didn't know how it was going to pan out, much like everybody else. Um, we have such a vibrant shop um, and we didn't know whether closing the doors to the shop meant closing the doors to the business. But I think what we've since realised is that we've been growing such an amazing community and network of um, customers and supporters that it, the online side of the, the business has really sort of come into its own. Just kind of all thanks to the people that have been supporters of Acorn and Pip really and like what we do and understand what we do. That's amazing because did you, I, I've tried to look it up a little bit more, did you start at Altridge, um, is it Altridge Market? Altringham Market, yeah, I was a market trader for like three years um, which felt like such the right thing to do for the business and I still believe it was I think it probably it was a lot of hard work a lot of cold cold uh, weekends in the market and things like that but it was great to be face to face with my customers when having a shop just wasn't an option yeah because you must know your customers so well because of that yeah I think when you're trying to plan your business and you you work on your customer avatars and you know who is my customer I could I knew exactly who my customer was because I'd spent the weekends talking to her and helping her choose birthday presents and things like that. So I really felt very, yeah, very sure of who my customer is and was. That's such a valuable insight because I think people chat differently in a market than they do maybe in a store sometimes. Yeah, they do. Because it's part of the experience. Yeah, like a bustling outdoor market that, you know, Altringham Market is a very, very special place. Um, and if, if you have the opportunity to ever go there, it's it's such a, well, it's just, it's just a great example of how, people were shopping or were shopping yeah it is a great it is a great place I mean I don't know how that will look from now on but um I think that's kind of how why we decided to set up the shop the type of shop we did because we wanted people to come in for an experience and not simply a purchase and then leave yeah because you serve food and things as well right yeah we have um a cafe so we we sell food, or we used to sell. I'll say used to because we're not. We just don't know what that side of hospitality is going to look like. But um, yeah, of course, we have a full menu, um, which my husband, who he used to work in the Ivy, um, and for different, he's been in hospitality for years and years. So he does the menu, and we've got we serve amazing um, local coffee, um, which is just it's it's so delicious. Um, we sell local bakes. Um, lots of stuff for kids so and we have a play area as well which is just an it's just a nice nice setup for our customers to come in and meet their friends and have coffee yeah it sounds like a real experience like you can come and sort of gather yeah we find lots of our customers come in with their families or they come in with grandparents 
come in when they've just had a baby and they're meeting their friends for the first time or we get the, the sort of the, the mum or the dad that's got their child for the day and they just want to have a nice day out and they come for a moot. And it's just, I mean, we're really open to all experiences as in whatever our customer wants to come and find within our shop, then we're there for that. How, so online has been doing okay and been supporting the business whilst you haven't been able to open. What will happen now? Are you opening this week? Yes, we are. What will happen now? I suppose that's the, the £50 million pound question. We are opening. We're opening tomorrow. What we've decided to do is open the store for private shopping. So shoppers can come in for their designated like 30-minute slot. They're allowed to bring their children if they wish because we know that the kids kids get a lot out of our shop as well because of the play area. Come and have a hot chocolate. Um, so we're doing that on a Tuesday, opening up on Wednesday to Saturday. Kind of as normal, we'll have a queuing system. We've got a, a one-way system in the shop. We've got hand sanitizers everywhere. We've got a screen that's been built. So we've had to put loads of measures in place, which we're really happy about to keep our staff and our customers safe. Would you be doing coffees and things still? Or yeah. are you allowed to do that? Yeah, we're allowed to do takeout. So cakes and coffee and smoothies. Our local bakery is back to baking with us. And yeah, so we're, we're trying to bring everything that we was, everything that we were back to sort of, the next couple of weeks, couple of months, and then we'll just wait on government guidelines for how we can finally open the, the cafe. That sounds wonderful, though. Like, if you can go and you know there's not going to be lots of people, like for the half an hour appointment, for example, just being able to, like, visually stimulate your children for a bit, I think, and yourself. Yeah. Like, changing environment must be such a treasure to be able to do. Yeah, you can have 30 minutes to pretend everything's normal. <laughs> yeah, basically. So whilst uh, you've been trading online then, have you seen, have the same things that you would sell normally when you're open done well or have you seen different trends during this time? We've seen lots more outdoor play um, toys. They've just been extremely popular, um, especially when I know the weather's dipped in the last like week or so. But when the weather started to really pick up, people were just desperate for stuff to do in the garden. Um, lots of home learning things as well, which we've always sold, um, like number plays, and we sell. We have a sensory play section, so lots of like resin toys, which are great for the garden, and they started to become popular almost immediately um far more than they ever were yeah and all of our books activity books and they've been really popular so we've seen a a trend in yeah definitely like home learning and outdoor play yeah that's really picked up the weather has been amazing for that I guess the home learning is is that something that because you were you a teacher before you opened yeah I was I was uh, I was a secondary school teacher in Manchester, so that's where we lived um, before we moved to West Yorkshire. So is that something that is kind of close to your heart to to have? Yeah, very much so. I think I've always looked at toys maybe threefold. Like I look at it in the design aspect and um, and then what it can give to the child as well in terms of its, you know, it, well, in terms of their development and learning. Um, mm. 
and we're we're really strong on our eco credentials so that's something that's something that yeah so I've always I've always had a, a keen interest in educational toys what what about your suppliers have you been able to still place orders throughout this time or how has it been working with your suppliers late March it was really it was really difficult I think every single business in the world I mean it was so it is such a unique situation was just thinking oh my like oh my gosh what what the hell do we do some of our suppliers um, just took the decision to close and then other suppliers carried on and you could tell they were making a lot of changes. So obviously delivery has been an issue and supply chain has been has been tricky to manage, but we found a way. We've, we've definitely found a way, way to keep getting stock in. So That's good. And have you... Have you considered any, have you taken on any new brands during this time or any new suppliers? Yeah, we did. And I mean, as is the way with with any brands, you start stocking. They're in the pipeline for a long time. We actually launched um, one of our sort of biggest like brand launches that we'd done this year. Um, I think it was about it was about a week after lockdown, so we had the stock. And in my head, I was just thinking, "Oh God, like we're gonna we're we're on our knees here. What the hell am I doing?" But actually, it it's a very different story, which is good. But yeah, we've launched quite a few new brands. Actually, there's a um, a Japanese brand called Kipas who sell the most incredible um, crayons, which you might have seen people drawing rainbows on their windows. And these were like the perfect accessory for that. So we sold, oh my gosh, we well, we, we sold like hundreds of them in the first week we launched, and it was just. Wow. It was just amazing. And anything that you add, have you added anything because of lockdown or were these all brands that you kind of been talking to for from before? The crayons, they were someone that I'd liked for ages. And then, yeah, so we were prompted to, to get them on board quicker than probably we had in mind, but that was definitely the right decision. And then there's been a few other brands we've got on board in a bigger way so we might have we've had like a small collection of theirs but they have just become so popular during lockdown we sell a danish brand called mayleg um, and they are the most beautiful toys and they make such wonderful gifts because they're they're aimed at like little brothers little sisters big brother big big sister and the little mice in the matchboxes. yeah that's so cute <laughs> they're so adorable and people have really found like a sentiment with them during lockdown i think if someone's had a baby or just to show them that they're thinking about them. Um, so that yeah. they've been such lovely products to, to send out to people. That's so lovely. It's nice that people have been buying lots of gifts and stuff. That... They have, yeah. Yeah, they, we started a service where we would, and we've always done it, but it just became so much more relevant during lockdown where we would write and send the present, write the card and send the present directly to the recipient which we mm. always have done but I would say it went from maybe doing a, a few a week of that to suddenly like every parcel every order was sending it to someone else and I think people found that really useful yeah I'm, one of my friends had a baby a couple of weeks ago and it's the only way to get them a present yeah. you don't have to go to the post office and send it forward there's less contact for it with a parcel 
no extra shipping costs it just makes complete sense so it it does doesn't it what what uh, have you had less brands reach out to do you normally have lots of brands that reach out and try to introduce themselves to you yeah we get a lot of sales emails I suppose from different brands we've definitely had lots but I think people who would ordinarily be going to trade shows I know Harrogate would have just been you know, top drawer and Maison and everyone is, is back in September. So I think people will start to learn how, not learn, kind of work out how to pivot, I suppose. They, they used to go into trade shows to find their brands and now mm. trade shows have kind of got to come in our inbox, I suppose, unless there's another way that the world is thinking of at the moment. Yeah, because you can't, I don't think you can, you know, agents, freelance agents that normally travel around, they can't just pop in because really if you can have only two people in your store at one time, yeah. then you you probably don't want one of them to be an agent. <laughs> so everyone's going to have to adjust how they do business, I suppose. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how brands do it because, and I, I mean, especially the smaller brands, I, I just think small brands can be so clever and they have less people to answer to. So I just find that mm. they can pivot so quickly um, and try new ideas out. So I'll be interested to see how, um, yeah, how some how brands now pitch to, to retailers. Yeah. I mean, what would suit you, do you think? What what works for you? Um, we used to go to like showroom appointments, which were always, always good because you'd have like an agency and then lots of brands under one roof. But I've always liked searching what's happened lately, especially in kids. Lots of bra- lots of um, retailers now sell the same things because they've gone to agencies who also, you know, sell the same things. So, yeah, I think now is the time to actually be quite creative in the brands that we get get on, get in our store. Um, so hopefully there'll be there'll be some new brands out there that are kind of they might be because I think when you go to trade shows you can tell who are new and you know you you kind of as a retailer thinking how secure is that supply chain how secure that mm-hmm. you know there's lots of things going on in your head whereas with the sort of the big boys if you like you know what you're getting whereas when you yeah you know your order will arrive yeah exactly but then I think if everyone's going to be doing it by email it might be a chance to try out some smaller brands perhaps that wouldn't have had a look in at a trade show that's just an idea I'm not sure no I I do think that it kind of evens the playing field a bit I would say because the chances that you see the email from a small brand and a large brand is going to be exactly the same whereas at a trade show the big brands they can have these massive beautiful stands Mm. whereas some of the new brands get put you know in kind of like a spotted section or something which is great because they get a better price but you know that it's so evident that they are new yeah that's it and that comes with its own kind of preconceived well, preconceptions, I suppose. So, yeah. 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 So I, I think it is uh, levering it out how brands are going to do their presentations this year. You know, maybe your existing brands and, or potential new ones you're chatting with. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether they will do more video or what they will do to kind of really get you excited about the new products. Yeah. 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 
exactly right. It'll be interesting to see what what brands come up with the chance mm. to really shine like it is for all of us, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I actually came across your store because I was chatting um, with a small brand and um, we were talking about diversity, as we all have been talking about over the last few weeks, yes. even more than usual. And um, she was saying when she was little, it was really hard to find, you know, her mom really had to search to find her a black doll. Yeah, and she said then said oh but this store it could have sell um like a wide range of uh, of of dolls you should get her on the podcast and that's how I kind of came across you nice referrals are always good <laughs> yeah it, it's it's lovely when you find something new but I've just seen on your website today you do have a really diverse range of dolls but a lot of them have like sold out so has that been super busy during this time? Yeah it has we put um, a huge order in which we we were planning they sold out pretty much within the day so we've got we've got more on order that are coming to us but they are they're they're amazing they tick all our boxes for what we look for in new toys the supply chain the quality of the toy yeah because I loved how there was like you know you had your Asian dolls you had black dolls you see had white dolls and you even had and they even have um down syndrome dolls no yes we do yeah which is lovely yes um they're they're a new addition we got those in in I think they came in January or February but um we've been looking for some for a while um but just couldn't ever find the right doll and then when Miniland, who is where we source our dolls from, when they showed us theirs, we knew that was the one we wanted. We just think it's incredibly important for, for children to be able to see themselves in their toys. And all too often, the toy looking back at the child is a white doll. Um, well, actually, no, they're actually kind of oddly yellow colour. But you know, they're, they're, they're never... They, they're just they're not diverse enough so um our toys are bought well our dolls in particular are bought with diversity in mind we want um the children who play with the dolls to see themselves in that doll um, mm. so we have a group of customers who who have down syndrome children who've recently supported us and bought bought the dolls and they've just said that they absolutely love them yeah there that's the doll that they wanted their child with down syndrome to have to to see see themselves looking back at you know through the through the eyes of their toy instead of a, a child that doesn't look like them so yeah no I think it's massively important and something that most people at least before probably didn't consider I mean I, I I'm adopted from Korea so mm-hmm. I grew up in Sweden which is obviously very well fairly wide <laughs> and uh, I don't think apart from you know those souvenir dolls you can get I can't remember having any well I probably had you know all the white Barbies I had lots of Barbies and I had lots of white dolls but I don't think I had any Asian dolls and the fact that you remember that instead of remembering just having dolls that look like you but the fact that you remember their absence is hmm. you know it's a it's I want to say it's sad but it's it's what we want to try and avoid yeah 
And have would you say you have a diverse customer base from different ethnicities, or or is it does parent buy? You know, basically, does a white parent would the white parent ever buy? You know, their child a black doll or an Asian doll, or do you see the parent buying what looks like their child? Um, we have both, uh, to be honest. So we do have like my children, for example, have. Um, dolls of all ethnicities and, and both genders. So I am I'm the white parent that buys my child multicultural toys to teach about the world, the world we live in. Um, yeah, we have customers um, of different ethnicities that want yeah, like I say, like want a doll, or want wants a toy that looks like their child. Um, so we ha- we do have both. Do you also think that people? kind of seek you out because of your uh, because it's not actually that easy to find a, a diverse range of dolls do you think people discover you that way sometimes yeah I think so it's definitely words of mouth um and you know proofs in the pudding like how we met today but yeah I think people once they find them they say oh my gosh this is exactly what I've been looking for I'm going to tell my friends um so that's mm. always fantastic um but we we do we try to just run that run diversity through a lot of our toys um wherever mm. wherever we can wherever it's possible from our suppliers yeah so we we do try we try to find as much diversity in the toys that we stock as possible um if it's there we get it really and do you think that is a challenge to find yeah without a doubt it really is i mean there's some, I'm just looking, I'm in like our warehouse at the moment and looking around for like examples of where, we, where we've where we come across it and where we haven't. There's definitely brands that do it so well, like the Little People Big Dream series. Yes. Book series, and they're just, they're just fantastic. They came out quite, quite a few years ago, actually, but they expand their, um, their collection. And every time they do, we just kind of gobble it up because they're just so wonderful. So we have a a huge mix of, of the lives that they star. So we try to really focus on diversity. Diversity of a lot of things, not just race and ethnicity, but we, you know, with sexuality, diversity of mind, of thought. We try to run it through everything, but I think it's because it's at the forefront of my mind and I do all the buy-in. So that's really nice to hear because it's sometimes easy to kind of continue doing you know what has always been done and and it has been hard to find diverse you know you actively have to go out there to source some of these products right yeah yeah you do which means that if you don't see it at the trade shows you don't see it at industry events it's really sometimes hard to it's hard to keep up with everything happening and you know you need to have boy girl dolls and you know you need to have girl dolls and then you have to have you know if you're a small shop sometimes I suppose it can be just that you end up going with the brands you know and you've always done if you've been trading for a long time. But yeah, because I mean, aside from you know going going for things that you know that you want to stock, you you obviously put your business mind on and think you know actually how can we keep this business alive? Is it through these products or is it through those? But I'm glad. I'm really glad to say that we've we've been able to sell a lot of these toys that we believe um strongly in but of, of course there does come a point where you think right what what 
you know, as a business, how do we how do we keep how do we keep going? Um, but our audience, I mean, books are always one of our best sellers, and they really like our diverse range of books. And um, we sell we well, I say we sell lots, but we we've really tried to sell a lot of our like mindful books that we've got for children. Because um, we know yeah. lockdown is obviously going to be, it's, it's difficult for kids. We've got we've got three kids, and my eldest, who's nearly five, she's the one that asks the questions, and she's thinking about this situation a lot. So we tried to get in some kind of more mindful books, teaching about emotions and how to articulate them and things like that. So that's another another thing that we've been actively trying to do, which we know. I love that. I think actually the publishing world is a really good example. I mean, I know it's not diverse enough, but you can sort of see, I don't know, trends quite early on, like this little people, big dreams. I mean, it started when I worked in publishing and we I used to sell the very first ones that came out. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of feminist books coming out around the same time. I think very feminist ones were before and then these ones came out and then, you know, mindfulness books for children started coming around around that same time too. But they, yeah. they all need really coming into their own fully now, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. And they're amazing tools to teach children. Lessons that can be, can be really difficult for parents to, to process themselves and then think, right, mm. how do I change this into a dialogue? For a five-year-old, um, like what language am I going to use? What language am I comfortable using? It can be, it can be quite quite challenging. But if you've got an amazing book that helps you do that, then you feel so much more secure in teaching these huge life lessons. Yeah, it isn't easy, is it? It's um, I mean, we use books for everything. I mean, you use books for potty training. You you use books for every stage of your. Well, a lot of people use books for every stage. Yeah, yeah. We we have a book about let's care for baby, and it's all about teaching siblings how to care for their baby. And so we've obviously just had a baby. We've used one of the books to teach my youngest son how to care for baby so it's about being gentle but um any parent knows that phrase be gentle be gentle is like the most annoying phrase ever because (laughs) landing on deaf ears all the time but just yeah it's just using these these visual ways with kids just can be can be fantastic so yeah we'll continue to sell all the books that we find really important as parents because that's where a lot of what we where we make our decisions come from is we are parents we are we're trying to work our way through this as well so yeah lots of our buying decisions come from that very thing and with the discussions that has been going on do you think you're also more likely to look at because so many black owned businesses has been highlighted over the last few weeks are you more likely to look for that now or pay attention to whether you're not necessarily the products are are diverse but also who you're buying from yeah I think that's a that's really interesting because that has been so highlighted in the last and the last couple of weeks and rightly so and it's been it's been really amazing to find lots of new interesting businesses and yeah so I think for me that is the next thing that well, not even the next thing, but it's on my agenda now to, yeah, not only buy diverse toys, but from a diverse group of business owners as well. That's brilliant. I, I really hope that that is going to happen, mm. you know, 
in the industry. I spoke to someone, um, Georgina from AfroTouch Designs on my podcast a couple of episodes ago. Mm. And we were talking about how it's really hard. Well, she started her business basically because her friend had a baby and she couldn't find any greeting cards that had black babies on them to give to her friend. And um, it, it really got me thinking that that is really difficult. Yeah. And now maybe more people will will sort of start thinking about it. That's it because I know there's, um, I can't think of the company name now, but it's just coming to my head, about um, even things like uh, plasters, which I know I think it was Tesco's did at the end of last year, which I don't think they launched very well, but it was their um, their range of skin colour plasters. But did they? Yeah, but I don't think they handled it that well from the kind of the yeah just how they tried to get people to work with them for free which you know you oh. see that a lot of the big companies don't they really, trying to get yeah everything for nothing but there's a, a small business which was tagged and I can't remember their name but they do these mo- the most amazing range of skin color plasters um, their Instagram is great because it's just like, yeah, it's just a diverse bunch of kids wearing their plasters. And you, it comes from complete, yeah. and that's a point of view, complete white privilege, but that you wouldn't you wouldn't think that plasters were an issue. But my gosh, of course they are. And how stupid not to have thought that. So it's just highlighted loads of areas for me where I need to be more considerate as a business owner um, and really look at what I'm stocking. And like you say, children's cards with um, black faces on. Of course, like, why Why would you not? I had the same, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But it's important that we have those and then we recognise it and we do something about it because we can't say, oh, I should have thought about that. Because No, well, I don't think you can think about everything, but I think it's annoying that it's annoying that it takes someone of colour to bring it up and then you think, oh, for God's sake, why didn't I see that? Like, And, yeah, you can't, yeah. can't see everything. But but I think that's also it because, you know, I, I mean, I definitely realised that I haven't been talking to my friends about – I did when I was younger, but, you know, the last 10 years, I probably it's probably not something I really asked. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had those conversations perhaps with people around us, you know. If I would have just talked to one of my black friends and, you know, I probably could have figured out there was no greeting cards with black people on them or, yeah. or that that was difficult to get or about Band-Aids and stuff. But I never even – had those conversations yeah no and I, I totally agree I think it's gonna I mean for me I can't talk for everyone obviously but I'm I, I do look forward to the conversations that will come out of this um for the good because I absolutely know and appreciate is the action that you take and not not just understanding different points of view and you know whatever and sharing things on social media but it is most definitely the action that comes out of it so yeah I look forward to seeing the action that we're going to take as a business and also lots of other businesses too yeah me too and I think if we start with like educating the children that you know that is an amazing start point because maybe then they will experience the world differently growing up well yeah we've got hope so haven't we I, I really hope so like what happened to George Floyd wasn't it has happened before it's just all the time right so I think just because we were all stuck at home so <laughs> we ended up spending our time on the internet we got this attention and I think we need to uh, hold on to that yeah yeah exactly it, it can't just be a passing 
a passing news story and action that was taken, but nothing comes out of it. That is, it comes in the education, the conversations you have with your, with your children, but also what brands and businesses decide to do because you know we have we have such a regular contact with our customers and if if we can influence that and we can influence that in the products we sell and the messages messages we put out there through our branding marketing and social media then we've got an important role to play but yeah absolutely i think anyone well everyone could have an effect on someone yeah businesses of course with maybe a lot larger audience but also everyone if everyone kind of does their part then it will hopefully lead to some change we can hope so what do you think do you feel positive about opening up shop again and about the retail year really that is left or the half a year that is yeah i'm i'm really excited about opening with nearly not sold out because they're free but booked out is that the word um all our appointment slots for june for our private shopping so oh wow yeah which I, I don't actually know what I was expecting I feel like sometimes you just do these things as a small business and you just say this is going to be a great idea this is going to work out this is this is what we've been what we're going to be how we're going to operate from now on let's do it so we did it and then suddenly people started booking we were like oh yeah other people want it too and then but for the rest of the like the the other part of the year where we're open, I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm really positive. I follow Mary Portis on social media and read a lot of what she, what a lot of content she puts out. And she always kind of makes the point that you're going to have to, you're going to have to do it right and well to succeed yep. from now on. And I think that does that that doesn't stray too far from what our values have always been. We just try really hard to make what we do relevant for the customer. I think I think I think it's gonna be fine. I think this is the year for small businesses and independent shops because I agree with a lot that Mary Porter says. <laughs> and you know, just the whole thing about retail theater being, you know, leading from a place of kindness and, and you know, really connecting with people and that human element like all those things are things that independent shops a lot of independent shops has been doing since they first opened their stores absolutely yeah because I when I when I hear what she says about retail theater and things like that I think every small shop I go into you can just see their heart and soul plastered on the walls mm. and it makes going to the high street extremely difficult because then when you do which is you know, when I say the high street, as in it could be shopping centres and that kind of thing, it has a distinct lack of vibrancy. And I don't, I just see like small businesses have always been where my my heart's been, even when I wasn't a small business owner. You just get that. You just you just get it. Like you get you go in and you get a smile and the service. I think is always second to none, and the products are always just fantastic. So yeah, I think. Come on, small businesses. Yeah, I think that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, if you've had a bad day, if you have the time going into like small shop, you just get like a kind of good feeling. Yeah. That does not happen when you're going into Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no, no, it doesn't. Or like, oh, it may be a bad example, but like, I don't know. Next, then. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's not the fault of like anything really, because. Oft, quite often the staff are nice enough and the stock's nice enough and 
you know, you've parked nice and easy. It's all just kind of, okay, this is, it's just so functional. But then when you go into yeah. a business or just an independent shop, it's just, it's just a different, I think it's just a different league. And I think people are just going to enjoy those experiences so much more coming out of lockdown. Mediocrity is, is not an option anymore, I don't think. People won't. Yeah. yeah absolutely and I also feel like just now like right now when when we're still feeling a bit strange about leaving our houses I would much rather go to an independent shop where I knew there wasn't going to be loads of people and if there was there will be queue outside and people are most likely going to be really respectful and like I would still feel safe I can't imagine going to like a shopping center. I mean, I have admittedly been to IKEA, but we moved right before lockdown, and it's just oh, did you? You know, some things you you don't. You just need to see them, and well, I'm Swedish. IKEA for me does have some sort of feel good factor to it. Still, yeah. but yeah, and other than that, because I just had to get a few bits and bob i am i can't imagine going to like a big retail park for example no i i can't and i think that's probably where like (laughs) online shopping but i was going to say amazon kind of comes into play because you realize that the stuff you need if you can't get it from your local supermarket other bits and bobs Mm. you can i don't for me personally we just order them online they arrive and that's kind of what i've come to expect now so it's like oh we need a new plug for the bathroom quick jump on the internet buy it it'll arrive in a couple of days job's done rather than going to be in queue and or other whichever hard store but you know like it's taking out those boring retail trips for me it's actually been quite nice yeah I think this whole thing has leveled the playing field too for independent and, and national chains because before nationals we're always so quick with delivering like you could almost always get something next day, even if you ordered up to like 9 p.m. or something silly, yeah. which the smaller retailers couldn't compete with. But now everyone is taking their time, which is partly due because posts are not working as quickly. But, you know, people are more used to it will take a few days. That's OK. Yeah. I, and I, I've liked that because we found Raw Mail, who we use, are uh, they've just they've just done such an amazing job and they're pretty much our, our depot anyway it's pretty much working as it was even though their mm. load is so much greater but for us the delay comes with we have no childcare and we do this all ourselves so you know from printing the labels to getting all the children down to the warehouse to pack the orders and you know it takes time now but our customers are fine with that and I feel like yeah, I think their pace of life has slowed down. So they don't need it 20 minutes after they order it, which I really appreciate that mentality because I've always found the Amazon mentality quite stressful. So it just felt too much sometimes. And trying to keep up with that as a small business is incredibly hard. We just don't have the infrastructure of a business to, to work like that. So it's been nice to have conversation with customers when they say, just don't worry, I'm not in a hurry for this. As long as it comes before, you know, like the end of June or July or whatever, then I'm happy that people actively have said that. And it's just, it's been, it's been a real nice time to connect with our customers on that human level as well, which we always have tried to do. But obviously, this is, this has been pretty strange. But I think people have been more open to make that connection too now. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there, there's a lot of good to hold on to as we come out of lockdown, the whole slower pace of life thing, mm. for one. What have you missed most during lockdown? <laughs> good coffee. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we have a coffee machine at the shop, but we've just not really wanted to turn it on because then you have to clean it properly and all the rest of it. So for the sake of one coffee, we've not actually indulged that much. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to good coffee and good food I used to be a good cook but now I've got three kids it's like horrific <laughs> horrific standard of cooking like I can yeah I can pretty much burn beans on toast these days so I'm just looking for looking out for some good good food really coffee is definitely one of my first things yeah and then I think just when we're allowed to go to like a restaurant or a pub probably outdoors for I, I feel would feel more comfortable outdoors but you know to sit down and have a meal mm. that you didn't have to cook and clean up I have never cleaned up as much <laughs> as in the last comments these children know how to to make an incredible amount of mess in a very short amount of time so yeah I'll be looking forward to yeah there's things I'll be looking forward to not doing not cleaning not making a gazillion snacks a day um, yeah but yeah well let's hope that uh things goes well this week I'm sure it will especially if you've already had most of the appointments like booked out which is brilliant it will be exciting to open those stores I'm sure yeah it comes with quite a lot of nerves as well but it's like going back to school in September you know that kind of yeah I wonder you know I wonder what it's going to be like who's our teacher going to be is our till going to work you know there's loads of like things that we're thinking but I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine and it'll be like we've never never been away you're going to get to know your customers in a different way when they come in for their appointment, which is lovely. Yeah, we, we were going to have a rule that we weren't allowed to talk about COVID because we just said, God, everyone is just going to be sick to the back teeth of, of it all. But then actually, I don't, I don't think on the personal day in, day out experience of everyone is going to be that, like it might be something that people want to talk about and it might not all be negative, although there's a huge amount of negativity and, um, you know, it's been a crisis. But I think, I think people have found pockets of happiness, which if our customers want to share that with us, then we're there for that. Yeah, no, I hope so. I I'd love to hear what they they what the mood is, but I would have. I feel pretty positive about it. It, it. Of course, it's incredibly sad, and you know, there's been a lot of good happening to you know the environment, recovering and getting a break, and lots of good things has happened too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's been nice looking out the window to a, a lot of new greenery. So tell me, how can people find you and shop from you? So we are um, on the High Street in West Yorkshire in um, a beautiful little village called Slathwaite, which is between Manchester and Leeds. Um, mm-hmm. And But other than that, we are online. So we are at acornandpip.com and we're on all the normal social media channels as well. I say normal, we're not on TikTok. We're there every day on uh, on social media. So yeah, come along for the journey. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I know it's busy, especially if you're opening this week. So thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. It's been lovely to, to chat to you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much, Lucy. And thank you to all of you who are listening and tuning in every week. Or whenever you're listening, you don't have to listen weekly. You can listen whenever you feel like it. I will be back. I would also love to hear how you're doing with the wholesale right now. Because as Lucy said in the episode in our chat, her inbox is not as full as it normally is. So are you doing your outreach? Are you staying on top of it? I am perfectly aware that some brands, um, some stores might not be buying right now. But if you can just cut through that initial noise and introduce yourselves for maybe a later date, then I would love to see you all do that. I really hope that you enjoy this episode and I will be back next week with another one. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.